0: Everybody and welcome back to the Football Fig Nuts Podcast. This is episode number 232 overall, but if you're keeping track based on, you know, seasons and such, this is our fifth season and episode number 38. My name is Britt. And I'm Craig. And we are back. I took a couple of weeks off because, well, COVID finally caught up with my household. Sad. And, yep. And uh, let me tell you, there is nothing worse on Earth than... um your wife coming down with COVID and you not because how that happens. It was amazing. It was amazing. Now the moment she tested positive, I was like, all right, I'll be in my bedroom for like the next six weeks. (laughs) Um, And I did, I hid there for an entire week. Uh, Well, she she could have, you know, run of the house and we don't live in a very big place, but I was like, listen, you need to be comfortable. I want you out here with the TV and have all this fun stuff. And I'll just hide in my computer room and, and and be fine. Um, But like, I tested every two days. I never tested positive. Hmm. It's so bizarre. I mean, like, I'm literally in close contact with my wife, like, 12 to 14 hours a day, and oh. I didn't did get you, did it. Did you guys have
1: the same vaccine?
0: Same yes. Brand- oh. We both had Moderna. Yep. Hmm. Interesting. We both had Moderna. We both had one booster. I actually had my booster earlier than hers. Hmm. Um. So, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so uh, yeah. So that uh, that's why I was gone for a couple weeks. I wasn't feeling well. I, I did have some symptoms, but I never tested positive. So who knows if that was just allergies or flu, or I just had enough of the, the virus in me to, to make it miserable. But either way, I am back. I feel fantastic. My wife feels better. Everybody's happy. Good. And in the time I was gone, the craziness continued. And freaking football. But before we get there... Let's start where we always start, Craig. What are you drinking tonight? Uh, so tonight,
1: um, I had a beer with dinner because um, okay. I wanted one. Uh, that beer was really good. I wish I bought more of it. That was the um, uh, beer by Phantom in Hartford. Oh it, yeah, it was the main. I, this was the Mango Tut, which was um, a play on their main IPA, which I've never had, but it's very good. I wish I had
0: more You're- of it. Phantom is solid. I've had a couple of their things, and and Phantom Brewing is pretty solid in our area. They just don't distribute as widely. I think they're still on the smaller side, but their yeah. stuff is solid. Um, but tonight
1: I have a beer mm-hmm. called Ultraviolet by Treehouse.
0: Ooh! Did your connection come through? He did. He did nice. Uh, this is nice. And an Amer- I'll, I'll read the back
1: because they they're nice and they print stuff on the cans. They do. Uh, Ultraviolet is an American double IPA brewed with Strata, Nelson, Citra, and Galaxy Hops atop a clean base of ultra pale Pilsner malt. That's a mouthful. Uh let's see here. Ultraviolet tastes like ripe tropical fruit, white wine, earthy citrus, that's a weird term, and papaya. Hmm. We'll give it a try I already I it's already dead. in glass, so I will give it a try here.
0: Yeah, go for it. I am I am still on the non-alcohol train. I had one break from my diet, and that was Sunday. I drank four beers and promptly passed out on the couch. So <laughs> my alcohol tolerance has already gone to shit after just being on a diet for like three weeks. So I yeah, am back works. on the diet train. It's amazing. <laughs> it's amazing. I had that first beer. I was like, this is great. I so missed this. Three beers later, my wife was taking pictures of me passed out on the couch <laughs> and, posting um... them, and posting them to Twitter.
1: No, so for for a double, this is very easy to drink. It's very smooth, Danger. and it's not very and it's not overly juicy. So mm. it's um, it's here it's seven point eight percent. Um, very nice. I do get a little aftertaste of white wine, a little bit.
0: Really, mm hmm. Interesting. Very interesting. Very interesting. All right. Well, you go ahead and enjoy that. Let's. Uh, we got a ton. Yeah, what what happened to the off season being quiet? What happened know. to us, like sitting around and doing you, nothing? You
1: weren't here. Then Cinch and Sean were off the rails, and it just all went—it all went
0: crazy. Yeah, but it's not our <laughs> fault that it's all been crazy. What is up with this off season? This um, is like the worst off season we've ever had. I've got drama surrounding me on all sides. Everyone,
1: everyone wants money, and people do and don't want to play for the Browns. Um,
0: yeah. <laughs> I, I I don't I don't get it all right let's let's go into the burning hot takes Which, whatever you want to receive uh I'll, you haven't been here so I will uh, receive okay so I got a couple of things the big one is what happened today by the way today is 420 so if uh, that's a holiday to you uh enjoy um because apparently some people actually celebrate April 20th as a holiday um <laughs> uh, Debo Samuel says to the 49ers I want to trade. I want to be traded because he doesn't want to talk about an, a contract extension. He's in the last year of a four-year deal. He is scheduled to make $3.9 million this year. He's got a, a, a Garrett. Keep in mind, his guaranteed money was only 4.7. So he's actually in good shape, and he's an unrestricted free agent next year. The Niners say, we are not trading you, and you need to settle down. <laughs> Craig, where is this coming from suddenly and what should the Niners do? Who who's taking the I, wrong stance here? You know, I th- I had a feeling after the
1: Adams trade and the the Hill trade signings, I guess, um I had a feeling other players, high profile players are going to do this and now they're mm-hmm. all just going to try to one up each other. Mm-hmm. Um now here look at it, so- like sidebar. Football your football career in most cases, unless you're like the punter <laughs> or kicker or Jerry Rice or Jerry Rice or you're lucky, your football mm-hmm. careers are generally short. Three so, years, I think, is the average. So I don't blame people for trying to get as much money as they can while they go out and put their body on the line to play this sport. I get mm-hmm. that. I totally agree with it. But dear God, <laughs> like this, this is going to set a press. precedent. Oh, it's already did. It's going to set a precedent for people to just want more and more money, and teams are going to cave, I think. Teams are going to cave and pay them, and this is just going to completely obliterate the cap as we know it. Because someone's going to sign Debo Samuel, and then in two years, they're going to be like, well, he's going to be the quarterback, uh, the receiver— the defense is back.
0: <laughs> They're not going to be able to afford to pay anyone else. <laughs> this, is, this is exactly where Miami is at right now. Miami, and this is why... So first off, I completely agree. You're absolutely right. Every contract just sets up the next guy. And this year, we had Devontae Adams sign a big deal, which then made Terry Kill turn around and go, well, where's my big deal? Which is now making Debo Samuel turn around and go, well, where's my big deal? The big difference is... Tyreek Hill has been good since he got here. Debo Samuel has had one year. He has a combined 2,598 yards receiving in three years. 1,400 of it came this past season. Let me say that clearly. Hmm. Half of his career yards came last year. He only played seven games in 2020 because of injury. He played 16 this year. Okay, great. His target rate is up. His yards per reception is up. His touchdowns are at all-time high. All of this is fantastic. <laughs> He's had one year. Now, let me look at Tyree Kill. Okay. <laughs> I'm pulling it up live. Tyree Kill has had four seasons over 1,000 yards in six seasons. That's a 66% rate. That's twice Debo Samuel's production rate in terms of just saying, all right, how many times did you clear 1,000 yards? He's been targeted over 100 times all four of those years. Hmm. Coincidence, isn't it? Now, just real quick, uh, since you're looking yeah. at that,
1: what's? I'm just curious, what's Adams' for the last four years?
0: I'm glad you asked. Because <laughs> I was just about to pull that up. Now, Devontae Adams has been in the league longer than either of them. He's got right, one, so- two, three, four, five, six. Oh, God, don't shift on me. Stupid ads. Three, four, five, six. I can't count. Three, it's six, be- nine years. Okay, well let's go last the last four years then. Yeah, we'll last four years, he's only been under a thousand yards once. So you want to so you, you, you want to do this? You, do we want to just say the last three years? Do we just want to yeah. talk about the last three years with these guys? Sure. Devontae Adams' worst year is 997 yards. Worst. That was his worst year. In 2020, while Debo Samuel was hurt, he had 1,300 yards and led the league in receiving touchdowns at 18 and had a yards per game of 98.1.
1: Damn.
0: (laughs) He averaged 98 yards a game. (laughs) You know know how often Debo Samuel has averaged 98 yards a game? How many? Exactly zero. Oh, that's sad. (laughs) You can't, and this is the problem, and this goes to what you're saying. Devontae Adams gets a big deal. Why? Because three of the last four years, he has been one of the top. You could even say the last four. He had one bad year in four years. okay, And and, and he was one of the top three receivers in the league. Tyreek Hill gets a big deal because in the last four years, he again has had every year over 1,000 yards, except 2019 when he only played 12 games at 860 yards Three of the last four years, he has been one of the top two or three receivers in the game. Debo Samuel escalated his game this year and now wants to be compensated for it. So, tomorrow, <laughs> I'm going into work. Okay. I've been working on a massive project that's just about done. It is a massive overhaul of my agency's training thing, training okay. system. I'm going to go in there tomorrow and I'm going to put it on my boss's desk and tell her she needs to give me a significant raise based solely off of this one project, (laughs) or she needs to send me to a different department that will pay me. Because that's what Debo is saying. Debo is saying, I did this once. Those guys over there have been doing it consistently for the last four years, but my one time should count as much as theirs. And I'm sorry, in football, that is never the case. Particularly when one of the reasons you haven't had a good year is because you missed four games in 2020. It's stupid, and you're right. It's just becoming escalating. It's going to get to the point where guys like Miko Hardman are going to be demanding deals because they're the 18th wide receiver on the list and number 17 just got an extension. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah. eventually teams are going to run out of money. Like you said, they're not going to be able to... Like, look at the Dolphins. The Dolphins are not... Unless Tua suddenly turns a corner, they just basically ended Tyreek Hill's career. Even yeah
1: yeah yeah.
0: <laughs> what good is a guy who can outrun the defender down the field if the guy who's throwing the ball can't throw it over the defender's head?
1: That's a valid point. We're gonna find out. I mean, everyone's big on their new coach,
0: but I don't. I I don't know. Well, yeah. That. Oh, no, I don't know. I'll get to that. 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 I don't even want to go to coaching yet. Let, let's let's go to your question and we'll go from oh, there. Okay. Because <laughs> I got an issue with coaches too. Go on. Um,
1: So this is – well, this is half coach, half player. So – and then Sean's not here so we can talk freely. <clears throat> so <laughs> <laughs> Justin Fields, okay, his he started 10 games. His yeah. completion rate was 58.9% yeah. for 18 – well, let's see, 1,870 yards, seven touchdowns. 10 interceptions and his passer rating was 73.2. Okay. He feels that the coaching staff will tailor the plays to his skill set. Does that mean the Bears are just going to have him run 60% of the time? Like I like I don't cuz the Bears don't really have receivers. So I'm trying to figure out what the Bears are actually going to do.
0: <laughs> I I am I am always hesitant to say a quarterback is in a bad position after their first year because as I have pointed out a million times on this podcast and I will point out again the only time in his career that Peyton Manning threw more interceptions and touchdowns was his first year right so when I hear seven seven touchdowns and ten interceptions that doesn't scare the crap out of me What also doesn't scare the crap out of me is that the Bears actually think, and Sean's going to be so angry when he hears this. I I know our (laughs) contributor, Sean, is a longtime Bears fan. But the Bears think they've added depth at wide receiver, and they haven't. Well, we got Darnell Mooney. He's a decent number two. And we got Byron Pringle. Okay, he's a decent number three. Equinemius St. Brown is here. Equinemius St. Brown is a gadget play player. I don't want to see, I don't want, he's your number three. You're in trouble.
1: And, You're in trouble. And they have that tight end that I can't think of.
0: Oh, Cole Komet. Yes. That'd be great if he actually caught the goddamn ball. <laughs> <laughs> like, I'm like, I. Uh, last year, 2021, Equinamia St. Brown, 17 targets. <laughs> The guys we talked about in the first segment that are competing over wide receiver; those guys had tar- that many targets in a game or two. He had it all year. Yeah, that's, that's
1: not receiver number one numbers for folks. He,
0: he had 98 yards. Devontae Adams averaged more yards a game <laughs> in his best season than Equinomia St. Brown had in 2021. Let me say that again. Devontae Adams once averaged more yards per game than Equinomius Brown had in all of 2021.
1: We're sorry, Sean.
0: <laughs> the problem isn't Fields. The problem is the Bears. That's the problem.
1: <laughs> that's, that's, I know, they, I agree. That's why I don't know what they're actually going to do with Justin Fields. Oh, comet
0: Ninety-three targets, sixty receptions. Do I do I really have to push the buttons on this? Hey, you might as well. I mean, we're here. That's a sixty-four percent receiving rate.
1: So was either t- was that the top? Who had the most targets
0: last year? I don't want to even de- dive that <laughs> deep into this. I don't even know. I'm, I I refuse to go look. I'm just I, the 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 concept that the problem with the Bears is. Justin Fields is insane. And yet, and yes, to your point, which is like, you know, we're going to tailor around my skills. Does that mean he's going to run every five minutes? Does that mean he's going to have a Patrick Mahomes-like role? The difference is Patrick Mahomes is a better decision-maker, in my opinion. A better decision-maker. Cole Komet was second on the team in receiving behind Darnell Mooney. Darnell Mooney did actually have 1,000 yards this year. Oh, my God. Alan Robinson only had 410 yards. He just didn't want to oh. be there. He he didn't even want to get
1: dressed for
0: the game. I, he probably was depressed. I, I, I'm not saying that. Ha, I'm not saying that like, like trying to be glib. He was probably depressed. There comes a point where you're just like, you know, this just I'm wasting my time here. You know, I mean, uh, how much more time am I going to waste here? it's, it's got to be the thinking. I mean, where he I, go? I, I don't know. Is he
1: a chief now? Who? A ram?
0: Alan no. Robinson. He's, yeah. a ram. Hmm. He's a ram. He's a ram. Oh my God! Yeah. So the, the the so what what exactly does it mean tailoring to my skill set? I don't know, but what I do know is I don't trust the Bears to pull it off. It's a fair the Bears. I think. Who who's who's the freaking coach there anymore? <clears throat> I don't even I don't even know who's in it's charge of that guy. team. It's Bears. Another new guy. Coach. Why am I drawing a blank on who's um, running Matt that show?
1: Matt e- Okay. E B E R F L U S. Eberflaus or something like oh, that. Yeah. yeah. He was with the he was the defensive coordinator of the Colts. Oh, that's good. So the defensive coordinator it. a defensive coordinator is now the head coach for a
0: quarterback like Justin
1: Fields. This should work because, out splendidly.
0: Be, because <laughs> this is what they freaking do. Is they overreact the wrong way all the time. Remember when they had Mark Tressman? They like brought Mark Tressman in from the Canadian Football League because he was an offensive guru. Mm. And then they realized that they couldn't win with a guy who only knew offense, it was like bringing in the the Canadian Mark Martz, mm-hmm. or Mike <laughs> Martz, and and all of a sudden they realized that, great, they're going to score 45 points a game, but they just gave up 60, so it doesn't matter. That, that Now they're reacting the other way. Well, you know, man, we've got somebody defensive-minded. How is a defensive coordinator developing Justin Fields? I don't think he is. Who Who is their offensive coordinator? Chicago, I'm doing it live. <laughs> Chicago Bears offensive coordinator. It's Bill Lazor. No, wait, that's a new Luke Getze? Who the hell is Luke Getzey? <laughs> Who the hell is that? <laughs> Who is this guy? Oh, he was, guy? With, he was I, with
1: the Packers.
0: Seven years in the NFL, all with the Packers, as the Packers quarterback coach.
1: Ah. Oh, it's okay. Really? So he's because he made Aaron Rodgers amazing. But
0: he's... he didn't! <laughs> <laughs> what what a, I've we have never heard this guy's name before. If he was the genius behind Aaron Rodgers' one, he would have gone somewhere else already. And two, <laughs> we would have heard his name sometime in the last 7 years.
1: You're, the only person I've heard Aaron Rodgers talk about um the offensive coordinator, the guy that's now the head coach of Denver, but I've never heard him talk about this guy. I
0: uh... This is why I get so angry. This is why this is why I drink and why the last few episodes when I haven't been able to drink while we record, I have been so angry. I'm telling you. So let's keep the anger rolling with sure. the third question today. Yeah. Yep. Ben McAdoo. <laughs> I didn't realize. Just the name the... alone brings, yeah, brings I mean, amusement. <laughs> I remember back in the day, a t- sidebar. I remember back in the day, I used to watch, uh, when it was first on, it's kind of, in my opinion, jump the shark, but uh, I used to watch Around the Horn, like, religiously. And they actually used to play, like, shocking, like, alarming music whenever Dr. James Andrews was m- named, because, you know, Doctor, we've talked about it before in this podcast, when you consult with Dr. James Andrews, it's usually bad. He's the <laughs> orthopedic guy when Triple H's knee literally exploded in a WWE match, they sent him on a plane to go meet with Dr. James Andrews. <laughs> Everybody who's had reconstructive knee surgery in the NFL has consulted with Dr. James Andrews. <laughs> but when they used to bring up his name, they'd be like, oh, this player's on the DL, and he's going to con- he's gonna consult with Dr. James Andrews. They would play a sound effect bump. They'd go, dun, 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 you know? <laughs> I feel that's where we're at with Ben McAdoo. When his name comes up, Like, it's like a huge bag of sadness just exhales (laughs) into the air. It's like every person around them shakes their head and goes, fuck, not again. (laughs) And that's, and so today, when the news comes across that Ben McAdoo came out and said Sam Darnold is the team's starter on Tuesday, (laughs) and then on, and then a few moments later, Yeah, it wasn't long. It was the same press conference. I thought it was the next day. I thought this was today. No. So yesterday, they asked him, is he your quarterback? And he said, quote, yes, end quote. (laughs) And then moments later said, quote, well, the way it is building right now, Sam is our starting quarterback, end quote. So my question to you is very simple. How does this guy keep getting jobs? I don't know. I think it's
1: because... I think he's he falls in that thing where his there's the whole tree thing that we've talked about before and the fact that Tom Coughlin hired him and then he became the coach of the Giants., um, I think that has a lot to do with it. After the Giants, he did go to the Jaguars as the quarterbacks coach and then Cowboys hired him as a consultant. Oh my God. <laughs> So, May 26, 2021, he was hired by the Cowboys as a consultant, Um, and then the Panthers hired him in January. So, I think that's, I think because he started with Coughlin, I think that's why, that's really the only reason I can come up with, honestly.
0: I just just want everyone to realize (laughs) that the complete mystique around Tom Coughlin is built solely on the fact that he beat the Patriots twice. Yes. Sorry, Cinch, don't crash your truck. (laughs) <laughs> no, he's he's fine. I mean, he knows this. But at this this mystique that Tom Coughlin is some sort of all-time great coach, I, I just I don't see it. First off, his he if he doesn't win those two games, if he doesn't win those two those two Super Bowls, he's run out of town. He alienated he's the reason Michael Strahan retired. <laughs> Fran was planning on playing another year or two by all reports, and it was like, you know what? I, I think I'm done after the Super Bowl. I'm good. I'm good. Do you know what his career win-loss record is? I do not. If you had to guess a percentage, now keep in mind, his head coaching goes all the way back to 1995 when he came on with the Jacksonville Jaguars. That's right. He that's, when the league. Used,
1: that's when they used to be good.
0: 20 years he coached in the league. 12 years with the Giants, 8 years with the Jackson, with the Jaguars. If you had to guess... In three hundred and twenty games what his win percentage is, what would you put it at, roughly? Um I would put him at like um uh, six hundred. Fifty-three percent. Hmm. One hundred and seventy wins, one hundred and fifty losses. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah.
1: So he's right, he's just right in the middle there.
0: Yep. Do you know how many times he they won more than one playoff game? Under his tutelage in 20 years, three times. The two times the Giants won the Super Bowl and the one time Jacksonville made it to the AFC Championship in 1996. Other than that, he's never going better than 500. And if you take out his two Super Bowl wins with the Giants, you just forget they happened. He's 0-3 in the playoffs as the Giants head coach. <laughs> How does that happen? It just. It, <laughs> but this, But he's got this mystique because he beat the Patriots twice. That's it. That's all he did. And don't forget, the year, the second time they beat the Patriots, they were 9-7 and seven that year. They was weren't that, exactly gangbusters. Was that the year the Patriots were undefeated? I think it was.
1: Sorry, Cinch. 2011. <laughs>
0: yeah. <laughs> but I was just like, oh my God, why do we always talk about how Coughlin is this genius? And yet, here comes the greasiest piece of his tree, and this guy can't stop doing the wrong thing. And not only did he do that, but in the same news conference, he said, quote, one of the things I've been working on is being better talking to you people. So announcing the starting quarterback here, I just put my foot in my mouth, end quote. You've been working on being better with the media, and that's how you did it?
1: (laughs) By telling people something they may not want to know.
0: That is like you cooking me a meal, and after I'm violently ill, throwing up afterwards, you look at me and go, "I'm sorry, I shouldn't have cooked that way. I've been working on it." <laughs> I'm sorry, that was raw fish, and it wasn't sushi. Yeah, uh... <laughs> I, you know, cooking the fish, and you know, it maybe maybe I should have actually applied heat to it. <laughs> I just, I just, oh my god, how does this guy keep turning up? How?
1: It's a good question. I don't know. That's the only reason, that's the only reason I have. That's, I mean, unless he interviews well, maybe that's it. I don't know.
0: But, but he's, he doesn't do the job well. <laughs> I mean, at what point does your interview skills not met with your performance? You know, everybody tries to say the right thing. And that's the other thing. He makes comments like this in front of the press, then how the hell yeah. does he actually interview well with an owner? <laughs> if this is how he is with the press... I mean, listen, his legacy is going to be he's the guy who benched Eli Manning to see what the future held on a guy they weren't going to keep. Who did he bench Manning for? I don't even remember. Huh. But the guy's not even a giant anymore. I remember that. He's, like, gone because he wanted to see the future, and then they drafted Daniel Jones after they fired his ass. (laughs) Such an egregious act in terms of the lore of New York Giants that he didn't even survive to the end of the season. They had like three games left when he benched Manning and they fired him after that game. <laughs> he could that the owner was the owner could not even let it sit for two weeks.
1: Right. I mean, come on, the guy you benched the quarterback that won you two Super Bowls in a short amount of time. Yes.
0: <laughs> yes. And otherwise was extremely average. Yes. We've talked about this numerous times. Eli Manning, based solely on his numbers, take out take out every Hall of Fame quarterback. Now take their Super Bowl wins away. Take them off the resume. And Eli Manning is not in that same class. He's not. But he gets in because of the Super Bowls. Yeah. No, definitely. Uh, oh, my God. It's just, I don't know. I don't know why this, this stuff angers me so much, but... But you know what we do? We do need to touch on tonight. And I know you and and Sean did a great job talking about it last week is the upcoming NFL draft. It's Um, it's 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 next week. It's a week from tomorrow. And um, I'm going to tell you, I haven't the faintest clue what's going to happen. I am done. I've tried to prepare for this. I tried to when one of my coworkers said to me, are you guys going to do some draft preview? And I was like, yeah, I'm sure I can find something to talk about. I can't find a damn thing to talk about. It is all offensive linemen and defense. <clears throat> and defense. Yep. That's it. That's all it is. And and I, I I there's nothing in here from a fantasy perspective that's even intriguing to talk about. All right, so let me. All right, so I'm looking at CBS Sports' latest consensus mock draft. Five hours old right now. Came out at about 1 p.m. Eastern time on today, April 20th. Let me let us let's, let's let's just run down the list and let's stop when we hit somebody who's going to be fantasy relevant. All right, they got uh, Aiden Hutchinson going to round round one pick one, Trayvon Walker, the defensive lineman to Detroit, Evan Neal from Alabama is going to go to the Texans. He's an offensive lineman. The problem is the Texans don't have any pieces that an offensive lineman helps. There's that. <laughs> oh, you've cut out, dude. Hello? I've lost you. Hello? Okay, I'm back. I'm sorry, folks. We just had a minor technical glitch. My headset wigged out, and it caused me to disconnect from Craig, but we are back. And I was just asking you, Craig, I don't even think you heard me, but I was going down the list, and I hit the third pick of the draft. It's predicted to be Evan Neal, the offensive lineman from Alabama, going to Houston. Now, my problem with this pick, and where I want to bring you into it, see if I'm missing something, is this is an offensive lineman does when a good offensive lineman being drafted does impact fantasy values because it opens up the running game potentially it decreases the number of sacks a quarterback takes it may increase yardage cuz they have more time etc an offensive lineman can have a big effect even though it doesn't seem like it's direct my problem is who is he giving who is he going to Houston to give better stats to
1: uh that's a good question because I don't even know who is officially the running back right now let me see
0: right, let's let's pull up a depth chart, <clears throat> because that's my thing oh okay oh wow all right they're gonna take they're gonna take this offensive lineman well we got that might give a boost to, so, to who so they have
1: oh they have Marlon Marlon Mack okay Rex, Rex Burkhead okay as of, as of right now um I got Davis Mills slated as the starter. Royce Freeman, voice none, trails off.
0: None of these, <laughs> yeah, none of these folks. Okay, well, 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 Davis Mills isn't a great quarterback, but if he's got good receivers, he's got Brandon Cooks and Nico Collins. I mean, Marlon
1: Mack isn't bad. I just, I feel like him going to
0: Houston is not going to help his career much. Yes. <laughs> so, so Evan Neal isn't an impact player for me because he's going to a team where he's not going to be able to have an immediate impact fantasy-wise. So we're going to skip him. That brings us to Kayvon Thibodeau, edge rusher for the Jets. Sorry, not a big impact. Now we can talk about something because we get to the fifth pick, and I'm going to botch this kid's name. Icom Equano, he is an offensive lineman, and he's predicted to go to the Giants. He might be our first real impact player in this draft, and even that is kind of like, I don't know if that's true.
1: Yeah, it's really going to depend if Saquon can stay healthy. I mean, Daniel Jones, and that goes for Daniel Jones, too. Mm-hmm. He already has a plethora of neck and head issues Yep. Um, to watch for. So, so, so
0: maybe. <laughs> yeah. And, and so, so, all right, let's presume now we're only going to talk about because so we had to go five picks before we found a player that could potentially impact an offense. So now we say, okay, well, let's go find us actual players who we might draft. Well, CBS is projecting Kenny Pickett from Pittsburgh, the quarterback, will probably go sixth to the Panthers and the aforementioned Ben McAdoo, who will then have a (laughs) quote-unquote controversy on his hand because Sam Darnold is there and he's already said and then unsaid that he's the starter. But even if Pickett starts, is he draftable? I mean, I I think, like, there was a group Uh, of people... If you're in Dynasty, maybe? Dynasty only, right? Exactly. Like, there was a group of people last year who thought that Trevor Lawrence could have an immediate impact, that he would not be a QB1, but he could be a QB2. And I don't see Kenny Pickett being a QB2. So now you're like, Mm -hmm. okay, so you 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 tried the quarterback route, you tried the offensive lineman route, just keep going down the list. Okay, well, the next name I hit is Garrett Wilson from uh, Ohio State, who is a fantastic wide, re- wide receiver, but he's going to Atlanta in this mock. Atlanta is, again, a team without any sort of direction. They've traded Matt Ryan. Yeah, they Ryan.
1: Rebuild. Yeah, mm-hmm. and
0: brought in Marcus Mariota. So this doesn't make him any better than the wide receiver, too. So my whole point in going through this is, I'm not going to spend a lot of time on this year's draft because I think that this is all going to be how it plays out. Now, here's what I will say. You look at all these teams and you're saying to yourself, well, why are you surprised? These teams have high draft picks for a reason. Yup. But a lot of them sometimes have pieces. And these teams that they're, they're thinking about going to, so like, no, I really can't say any of these teams we've mentioned so far have pieces. But like the next pick is like Seattle. Seattle's in transition too. Then the Jets, then Washington, then Minnesota at twelve, but they're going to take defense. Ah, uh, fourteen. The Ravens are going to take defense. Fifteen. The the, the Eagles might take Jamison Wilson Williams. That's possible. Um, but like I'm looking at these names, I'm like I'm looking at these teams. All of these guys are in transition. The best pick that I think might be an instant impact in the first round is is if Willis actually goes to to Mal- 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 Malik Willis actually goes. To the Steelers, because the Steelers have no quarterback. But that's even true. still, that's a—I I, I wouldn't rank him high.
1: I, no, you're not going to be drafting him like you know in the third round.
0: No, he'd be a lot he would be an end round pick, because that's where Mitch Trubisky is, and they're going to—they're going.
1: And I just heard another rumor that Steelers said they would—they would sign Baker Mayfield if he was a free agent. Oh, sweet Jesus. <laughs>
0: So haven't been ruined that. enough lives already? <laughs> I, no. uh, I I people know people have listened to this know I am not a fan of how the Steelers do business. So so if for folks who are tuning in and saying, hey, I want to hear some draft talk, I apologize. You're gonna be sadly disappointed because I just don't see any fantasy relevance. A...
1: No, because I don't know if these offensive linemen are gonna start. I mean they might.
0: And let's just let's but... just call it what it is. This class, this draft class, is so weak at the skill positions in general that I turned on Fantasy Football Radio the other day on Sirius, and Jeff Radcliffe was on. He's already doing the second version of his QB rankings. Oh, Be- really? Because he just sees so little impact from the draft in his QB rankings that he feels confident putting them out there already. Now, granted... And he says every like every third pick, these are going to change. Obviously, these are going to change. These are going to change. But the mere fact that he f- feels comfortable saying I can rank these six or seven guys based on the information we have now says to me this draft does not really push a lot of buttons with him.
1: Yeah, compared to the last like two or three drafts, this is a very this is not like a high profile draft. Oh, per se.
0: No, it's not. It's gonna be all supplemental positions. It's gonna be all guys who are gonna help. Honestly, out. Honestly, I think the biggest impact
1: is gonna be whoever whoever picks Sauce Gardner. Well, and I feel like the I feel like the Jets are gonna draft him because the Jets somehow wind up with good defensive backs a lot. And and defensive um, backs with really good names. That's true. That is very true. So I'm I think to he's gonna be the biggest immediate impact
0: player for a team. Well, there are some experts who think that Gardner may go to um Detroit at the second
1: pick. Yeah. I've seen him go all the way down. I've seen him the Jets skip him and him go to the Giants too. Uh
0: yes. I and this mock draft has him at pick seven going to the Giants. That would be that would be fantastic. Sauce. Really? That's, That's your... his nickname. <laughs> I well, I know. I mean his first name is Ahmed, but <laughs> sauce. Really? <laughs> that's that's a little out there. Okay. Anyway, so that's that's why I'm not doing a lot of draft talk this year. Is I just I I, I listened to to Sean and Craig and I felt like they hit all the key points. Excuse me. I'm sorry. Oh my God. I guess I'm not 100 percent yet. Um, they hit all the key points in a very weak draft, in my opinion. I just I don't see anybody I want to talk about. I don't see anybody I'm like, oh, I'll be excited to see where he goes. I'm pretty much gonna react. I'm just gonna see where they go and then react. Right. Yeah. No. Exactly. Same. Same with me. So one more thing I wanted to definitely bring up tonight is uh, sure. because because we can't have an episode together where we don't talk about quarterback drama. <laughs> Earlier today, we Uh-oh. got we got some rumors out of Arizona. Oh boy. <laughs> and there are at least <clears throat> two people predicting that Kyler Murray will not be in Arizona. After this season. Oh, so after this season. Yes. Hmm. And it was, one of those people was former Cardinal, recent Cardinal, like a month ago was a Cardinal, Chase Edmonds, <clears throat> who is now with the Dolphins, who has suggested that the Cardinals have internal issues that are playing in the escalating dispute. He said on the All Things Covered podcast, which is hosted by uh, Patrick Peterson, longtime uh, Viking, Quote, yes, it's not surprising to me, bro, to say the least. I just know, especially knowing how the last two years have ended, meaning 2021 and 2020, and knowing the type of competitor that K-1 is and the type of winner that he wants to be. I knew there was going to be at some point, some things happening, especially just because you see the power that quarterbacks have now. They hold the weight, man, and you got to pay them. End quote. And goddamn, I think (laughs) he's dead right. I'm not even going to not even I'm not even citing his insider cred because he knows the guy <laughs> and played with him. But like he just summed up everything we've been seeing for the last six months.
1: Yeah, no, that's 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 pretty much it in a nutshell.
0: I, I just he they played together for three years. A- and I just I don't know. I don't know.
1: Yeah, I don't. Here you go. Here's here's a crazy. What if Baker Mayfield winds
0: up in Arizona? <laughs> Haven't they ruined enough lives? <laughs> I, I genuinely, and I've said it. I said this a couple of weeks ago. I genuinely feel bad for Baker Mayfield. <laughs> All he did was walk into a stadium that had been that had lost so many games in a row that Bud Light had a celebration cooler set up in it. <laughs> Do you remember that? I
1: remember that was going to unlock when they won.
0: Yes. They put like six of them in various places in Cleveland with time locks on them. And if Cleveland (laughs) won a home game, they were all going to spontaneously unlock. (laughs) And the biggest one was in the Cleveland stadium. They did whole promos around it. They had guys. Remember that was been Bud Light was doing the Bud night where they doing that whole medieval thing. That dilly dilly bullshit. And they yep. actually dressed a guy up as the Bud Knight and had him film him standing guard on one <laughs> of the freaking coolers because this team yep. had lost so many games in a row that Bud Light <laughs> flew in with pity beer. <laughs> and how like, pitiful here, do you have this? <laughs> yes, and how pitiful do you have to be to bring Bud Light in? I just with,
1: with them giving it to you for free. That's
0: it. <laughs> I would not I, I remember I was sitting on the couch because I think they I think they were their their opening night was on Monday night football that year, or it was it was it was a prime time game. It might' have been Sunday night, but I was watching the game on my couch, and my wife was with me, and they showed the Bud Light cooler, and that's when they showed the Bud Knight standing guard over it because it was on national television, and they talked about the promotion. and my wife just looked at me and went, "I don't think I'd drink it even if it was free." <laughs> and I'm like that's the thing. This is free beer and I guarantee the people in Cleveland will lap it up because it not because they're bad beer drinkers but because they'd be excited their team win. But all Baker Mayfield did was take this team to a playoff win, an upset playoff win on the road and then lose to the inevitable world champion. And 2 years later, here we we're, are. We're right back <laughs> They, they literally they literally he put out the dumpster fire and said okay guys now the fi- the dumpster's under control let's move forward and then they the Cleveland browns just dumped like said well we, we help put it out by putting more gasoline in there <laughs> here's some tires here's yeah <laughs> throw some tires in there we'll get it burning again real quick I just I don't I don't get it I just I don't get I don't get and he's not great I know cinch like don't don't bring him up in front of cinch Central will tell you he's but, terrible. I get it. I know you're not a big fan. But the guy wasn't. It's not like he walked was in the door and burnt the place to the ground.
1: Right. Yeah, no, no. It's just the Browns. Like I have been saying, the Browns are just very poorly managed.
0: Has everyone, and
1: it it shows.
0: Has everyone already <laughs> forgotten Johnny Manziel? I think they have. The original savior? The original. Yes. Don't forget Brady, Brady Quinn. That, yeah, actually, in the line of successive saviors, Johnny Manziel was like 13th. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> but the previous guy walked through the door was like, "This is everything changes now." Made money signs with his hands, and was like, "This is where everything changes." And was gone two years later. This guy actually delivered you a playoff win. Were you gonna get to a world? We're you gonna get to a world championship with him? Ah, uh, eh. I don't know. I don't know. Maybe, maybe, maybe not. I mean, I've seen Trent Dilfer's got a title. <laughs> as long as, as long as a quarterback that isn't isn't more of a game manager level than Trent Dilfer, and when that somebody else wins that title, then we'll have that conversation. But if you're te- you, you're telling me Trent Dilfer in his Super Bowl year or, or Baker Mayfield, I got to start one of them. I'm starting Baker Mayfield. <laughs> I mean, am I wrong? Would you start Trent Dilfer over Baker Mayfield? As uh, Trent Dilfer in his prime. Brent Dilfer when he won with the Ravens. So he was on his decline. He was like 32.
1: Ah, <laughs> uh, who that's a tough choice for me. I don't know. All he
0: had to do was not turn the ball over. That's all they asked him to do.
1: <laughs> that's true. It was
0: call true. plays, don't get hurt and don't turn it over. Those now, were his
1: three contracts to. Now the Browns the Browns have signed a younger version of Bill Cosby and uh just, uh, I guess they're just gonna see how it goes. So right now, the Browns have technically they have four quarterbacks. Yeah, they have Watson, who's as of right now can still play. Yep. They have Baker. They have Baker. Yep. They have Jacoby
0: Brissett and Josh Dobbs. <laughs> well, Josh Dobbs. Josh Dobbs might as well ask where the practice squad meets at this point. He's not making that roster.
1: Cause as of right now, there's a good chance Jacoby Brissett is going to be the starter in Cleveland. Yeah, it's not out of the realm of possibilities.
0: <laughs> even even if Watson starts in Cleveland from game one, Brissett's going to be the backup. They're going to they're going to make they're going to they are going to absolutely toast Baker Mayfield and put him third on the depth chart. They are going to they might as well write in his right next to him. Don't bother putting on pads. Like there is, they are, and and this is, this is, I think what infuriates me about it is this, why do you have to handle it this way? Yeah, it's, it's been very poorly handled. I'm not suggesting Baker Mayfield is a saint, not in the slightest, but you guys are treating him like he is the entire cancer of your organization. And I don't see it. I don't see where he has been cancerous to your organization to the level that other people have been. Well, Odell Beckham Jr. wanted out. Great. Odell Beckham Jr.'s wanted out of every place he's ever gone. Do, do you really think Odell Beckham Jr. is going to retire a Ram? I don't. I don't think so. I, 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 it, it reminds me on a lesser level of everything we saw with Terrell Owens. Oh, Terrell Owens is going to be Eagle forever. I'm sorry, a, a 49er forever. Wait, an Eagle Forever. No, no, cowboy. He's going to be a cowboy until the day he (laughs) dies.
1: Then he was a bangle.
0: That's right. (laughs) Some guys just don't stay places long. And if you look at the average human being, like, I, I, listen, in my adult life, I have been in in my field now for 21 years. I have worked for two different employers in a variety of different roles, but two employers over 21 years. That's not typical. Guys tend no. to change jobs and employers frequently. The average person has something like seven or eight employers over the course of their 50-year career. So it's not, I, it's, I'm not slighting the fact that they do this, but some guys do this. They don't put down roots. So why do we think that, why do we hold Baker Mayfield accountable for these things? And why are we holding him hostage when Odell Beckham Jr. was happily shipped out of town? Why is the quarterback that brought you a, a, a playoff win and a playoff season not being given the same courtesy? Other than you're a shit franchise. <laughs> yep, and it—that's it, that's pretty much it. <laughs> it bothers me to say all of this because Sin will—I uh, almost called you—I called you by your Twitch name. Craig will know <laughs> that when he's online with me as Sin. Sin seventy six is his 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 Twitch name. That I, I go under the name Howard Moon. One of the guys that I talk to frequently on Twitch is a big Browns fan. About halfway through last season, he stopped talking about the Browns. Yep. And I'm not saying he, it wasn't like it wasn't like I'm not talking about this anymore, you guys. It was just kind of like you know I would pop on and be like, "How are you doing today?" Be like, "Great, see my Browns last night." And Suddenly, be like, "Hey, we're good. How are you?" All of a sudden, the football talk just <laughs> so vanished. Up. What's that? <clears throat>
1: You don't even bring it up.
0: <laughs> no, he doesn't bring it up anymore. He just doesn't bring up the Browns anymore. And and that's... I, I, I know, this is like the third time in the last five episodes I've done I've gone off on the Browns. I, I have always given the Browns the benefit of the doubt as an organization that just needed to get their shit together. They got their shit together. They got players that gave a damn. They got a quarterback who actually wanted to be there. A quarterback that was getting getting frickin' promotional deals around being the Cleveland Brown quarterback. That at-home-with-Baker-Mayfield series was really quite yeah. clever. Now, what's what's going to happen
1: to those commercials? Is he going to just be locked out of the stadium? <laughs> Who knows?
0: Who knows? But this is now, here. here we are. We're two years later, and all of a sudden it's, well, you didn't win for me last year, so bye. You've changed head coaches every year since you drafted him. No, like, what have you done for me lately? That's exactly it.
1: It's pretty much what the NFL is. That's now.
0: exactly it. I, I, I'm sitting here. Do you think for a moment Andy Reid's picking up the phone and going, "Hey Patrick, listen. Um, so last year wasn't so great at the ending, you know, and so the organization is really thinking about moving on. That that, that conversation isn't happening. Derek Carr is still a Raider. He got three more years. Isn't it amazing? It's amazing. You got rid of the you got rid of the coach that was like who literally was that the it was a running gag in freaking Gridiron Heights cartoons that they were shopping him as a used car with two R's. <laughs> <laughs> they were shopping him that openly, and he just got an extension after the coach leaves. I, I'm not I'm not one to give the Raiders a lot of praise, but the Raiders have a better set of a better set of brains on their shoulders right now than the Cleveland Browns do.
1: Yeah, and I don't really don't. I really don't know what it is with the Browns. Like, I just—I just feel don't... like they're trying to. It's kind of like how Miami is. Mm-hmm. I feel like Miami is trying to win like right now, and they're like, they were better at it last year. But I feel like the Browns
0: are like that every year, and they're just not good at that plan. <laughs> no day but today is that—that that whole mentality of today's the only thing you have. And there's a handful of teams that really operate this way, right? Um, mm. Dallas, if you really think about it, yeah. that's how Dallas, the Cowboys. Every year is our year to win the Super Bowl because we added these three guys. <laughs> it's This is our year. This Stop is it. our year. <laughs> you know, I, you know, you know, I love the memes of the lady yelling at the cat smudge. Yes. Everyone knows this. They've seen the internet meme of a woman pointing her finger and, and saying something in the next panel. Is Smudge the cat who grimaces at a salad? My favorite one is the woman screaming, "The Cowboys are going to the Super Bowl this year!" And the (laughs) caption under Smudge is, "Only if they buy tickets." (laughs) That is one of my, but it's it's so true every year. That's all I hear from Cowboy fans. This is the year we are winning. This is it. This is the year. Jerry Joe Zeke is healthy. Dak is under contract. Everything is, and it never happens. Now they have success. They win 10 games, they win 12 games, and they don't get to the Super Bowl. They have success. The only difference is Cleveland never has that success. But you're right. It's a very much, a very much, a what have you done for me lately? Kind of like, where are we here and now that makes us a Super Bowl contender now? And real Super Bowl teams aren't typically built that way. The Chiefs had two or three really bad years that allowed them to get... Patrick Mahomes and Tyreek Hill in, in the door. That's how those things happen. They had the one piece when, like, Andy, we got there, it was Travis Kelsey, and they built around it. The Patriots, the Patriots in their long run, yeah, they brought in free agents here and there, but most of it was folks that they drafted and developed. I mean, well, the Rams did it. Yeah, okay. The Rams brought in a new quarterback, and then they traded for Sony Michel, and they brought in two key pieces. Yes. Oh, and Aaron Aaron Donald, too. Yep. But by and large, buying yourself a team does not equal success in most cases. And you know what? I'm just going to use that as my final thought because I've been ranting on that for like almost 10 minutes. (laughs) So that's my final thought. My final thought is NFL teams stop thinking that bringing in, buying the big player equals a Super Bowl championship. Because breaking news, I am not putting money on the Miami Dolphins to win the Super Bowl this year because Tyreek Hill is there. None. (laughs) What do you got for a final thought this week, my friend?
1: Uh, Wow. My final thought is, so the draft is going to happen next week, and we're going to talk about that again. Yeah. But don't be surprised if more things happen in the NFL before, oh, I don't know, July. I thought Uh, you were going to say before Wednesday. (laughs) well, Well, A, before Wednesday, but B, like, Definitely pay attention because this this off season has been weirdly busy compared to others. Mm-hmm. So definitely just, you know, you don't have to follow it like
0: hardcore religiously, but pay attention. Which means so. one of two things to me is going to happen. Either A, it's going to continue to be and, and like you're saying, potentially escalate to be even busier or B, it's going to drop off a cliff after the first or second after after like the end of April. One, one of those two things is absolutely true to me. It's not going to like slowly just kind of peter off. It's either going to be busy all the way through May, June, or it's just going to drop off a cliff because everybody's done. Right. And you're telling me you think it's going to continue?
1: Uh, I think so as of right
0: now. Oh, God, I don't think I've got I think it so. in me. <laughs> I, 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 I don't think I can't. The quarterback drama alone between Aaron Rodgers, Deshaun Watson, and now... Tyler Baker. Murray and Baker Mayfield, all of this. And think about it. All of this drama. I've named four names. There's 30 starting quarterbacks. These four guys have generated so much freaking drama in the last six months. I can't with it anymore. Nope. I can't. And Kirk, and Kirk
1: Cousins has a giant contract.
0: Oh, yeah. I forgot about that. <laughs> I forgot about that. Which I'm sure we talked about the whole Kyler Murray thing. I'm sure Kyler is looking at that contract in Cohen. Uh huh. How many how many playoff appearances does he have? Oh, okay, I have more than that. How, how many games did he win last year? Oh yeah, I have more than that too. Oh okay. <laughs> I'll just be over here. I'm just gonna sit over here and 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 start doing some math. Start you <laughs> know I'm gonna be over this. That, oh that guy, that's my accountant. Yeah. And, and oh, that that big box—that's an old-fashioned adding machine with the long handle on it. He just <laughs> wants to make sure he's double-checking his numbers. I, oh, this is this is—I think you're right. I I I I'm scared to I'm scared to agree with you on this. But I think you're right. I think this is going to end up being, from beginning to end, the busiest off we have ever seen for fantasy football. We are going to see more motion and more. And you know what? Here's my concern. And I know I said get my final thought already. I know we're over time, but I don't really care. Um, oh, my thought just flew out of my head. Oh, that's not going to make for a better season. I think all this motion and all these changes is just going to, we are going to see a across-the-board reduction in scoring this year in fantasy. Hmm. Because Interesting. I Because I think everybody is going to take longer to figure stuff out the combinations that we've come to rely on, like Rogers to Adams are not going to be there initially. And, you know, don't be shocked if you're in a DFS pool and you're cashing with 130 points in the first couple weeks of the season, because I think, because typically it's the exact opposite. The sharp people are on those guys that are really cheap. And all of a sudden in cash pools, you can see 160, 170 point lines, uh, uh, cash lines. I think cash lines are going to be down early this year because I think there's so much in motion that everybody is going to have a catch-up, which means if you're a betting man, start betting the unders. I might seriously just take $10 and put it on the under for every game on week one. <laughs> I I wouldn't be surprised if that worked. I I, th- I bet you anything I win more than I lose. I'll bet you anything it's a profitable thing because I, they're all going to come out the gate. Oh, this uh yeah let's let's pick a game hold on pulling up do we have the schedule yet for this season um maybe i don't know week one nfl uh no i want i want this year yes i know we're over time it's fine <laughs> uh okay 22 nfl okay uh schedule for week one september 12th okay they're all listed september 12th so i don't know if this is actually accurate but I'm going to pick a random game here. Rams versus Chicago. Is that the actual, is this actually right? Oh, here we go. 2022. No games, no games are available yet. Okay. All right, but I'm going to go, I'm going to go based off of this, this completely probably made up site and says Kansas City versus Cleveland in week one. Knowing what we know, knowing what we know now versus knowing what we know last year, what's the over/under on Kansas City versus Cleveland in Week One? If um, um, you had to put a number gonna, on it, uh, I'm going to say 48. 48. I guarantee you that that game is like a 40. I wouldn't go higher than 40. That game is like 28-15. That's 43 points. Okay, but still, 25-15. We'll put us a 40. I think the unders are going to be a safe bet in week one. And so I'm I'll tell you this. What I'll do is I'll take the the, the three highest lines and I'll absolutely bet the under. I don't care what teams they are. I'm going on record right now. This is April 20th, 2022. Week one of this season, whatever the three highest lines are, I'm gonna take the under in all three lines. And I guarantee you I make money. I'm, put, I'm 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 putting I'm putting my money on the table now without even seeing a line. That's what. That's where I'm at. How can how can they not have a schedule out? How can there be no schedule um, for? That's a good question. I don't know. Right, anyway, so we're way over time because I've been babbling. But it is good to be back. And thank you, Craig. It was uh, fantastic listening to you with the guys the last couple of weeks. Uh, thank you for covering in my absence. What you guys can do yeah, to help us sure. out uh, in the meantime is. Please leave us a review. Wherever you listen to us, whatever podcast directory you found us on, leave us a review. We really appreciate it. It helps us a great deal with spreading the word of the podcast. Um, Secondly, please reach out to us. If you have any questions, comments, or you have any ideas for the show, you can always reach us on Twitter. We are at FignutsDFS on Twitter. We are the Football Fignuts Podcast on Facebook, and we are always available through email we are fignutsdfs at gmail.com. Uh we'll be back next week for even less draft coverage. Um, although Craig and I'll probably <laughs> talk about some of it because there's I I also have a feeling one last thing. I, and I want to just see what Craig feels about this. I have a feeling we're gonna see a lot of first round trades.
1: Yeah, I think we're gonna, either we're gonna see a lot of first round trades or we're gonna see like two really big first round
0: trades. I'm going to put the over under on trades that occur. Now, keep in mind, a trade, when I say a first round trade, a trade that occurs in the first round doesn't mean a first round pick has to be involved, but a trade that occurs before the end of the first round, I'm putting the over under at five total deals. I think we're going to see a lot of teams move around I, because I think I can see situations where teams get a guy they hope to get, and now all of a sudden they can make a deal that they've been talking about making because we've seen that in the past too. We've seen, oh, I got that guy I wanted at the third pick. Well, now I can call the Vikings and make a deal for them for the guy they wanted because now he's expendable. We've seen that. So, I don't know. Anyway, go enjoy your week. Be safe out there, folks. COVID is not over. Don't listen to the hype. Protect yourself. Protect those around you because we value you and we want you to be around for next week when Craig and I return with even more musings on the NFL. Until we talk that time, though, my name is Britt. I'm Craig and we are the Football Fignuts podcast. Hi Deb. Hi, Deb.